focus on the birth of Christ, the Christmas story, it actually begins in Genesis chapter 3 at verse 15. Uh, <clears throat> and I want to read for us, beginning with verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and the dust you will eat. And all the days of your life I will put enmity, or hatred, between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel." This is the first prophecy given to man in the Bible, and it speaks very clearly of the birth of Jesus Christ, the virgin birth to be exact. Uh, <clears throat> he calls uh, this offspring the seed of the woman. Biologically, we know that the seed is always attributed to the male. So right here, he tells us that this person is going to be virgin born, born without the benefit of male agency human agency. He also tells us 
um, that <clears throat> this virgin birth, which never happens in humans, happens in plants, some plants, happens in some fish, never happens in humans in the history of the world. So it's a miracle. He also, when you have such a birth, parthenogenesis is the technical name, it also produces only females. Only females. So that's the second miracle. Not only is there going to be a virgin birth, but the offspring is going to be a male without male chromosomes. Okay? So he predicted right here in the first prophecy given to man, the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He also predicted the cross. Also in verse 15. In the curse on the serpent, he said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman in between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. In the Hebrew, it's the word crush. He'll crush your head. And the bruising of the heel points to the cross because crucifixion is the only means of execution known to man wherein the heel of the victim is always bruised. Always bruised. So right here at the very beginning, as soon as man fell, God prophesied his remedy to restore man and bring man back to himself. All those who place their faith in, trust in and reliance on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved and brought back into a right fellowship with God. Now, <clears throat> this is only one of the prophecies that's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And there are many, many, many in the Old Testament. This by far is the most important one. But there are many, many that do. And our next brother that we'll share will take us further with that. Let's stand and join us as we sing O Holy Night. Thank you. 
reading from Isaiah 7, verses 10 through 14. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it as deep as Sheol, or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing to ask you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. This scripture was written 700 years before the birth of Christ. Ahaz was the king of Judah, and it appeared that Judah was about to go and be attacked by two other kings, the king of Israel and the king of Syria. Ahaz was afraid, but God hasn't given up on Judah. God sent Isaiah to comfort Ahaz. Isaiah told Ahaz to ask for a sign, and Ahaz insincerely refused. He insincerely refused. So Isaiah gave him a sign, gave a sign from God, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Praise the Lord for this fulfilled promise. You can see the promise fulfilled whenever you read Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It's the reason that we're here sitting tonight. Emmanuel, Emmanuel. In Hebrew, it means God with us. Jesus Christ is God with us. He was God. He will always be God. God is true to his word. All praise and honor and glory to God. If you would stand and join us in singing, O come all ye faithful.
prophecies that Jim and Eric both have read to us um, is going to be fulfilled here. There are many, many other prophecies throughout the Bible that talk about the birth of Christ. Um, God has orchestrated this often before the, the world was created. Um, and we'll see here in these verses how God providentially used a pagan king to bring about the uh, the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was in his way, was, was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him, for them in the inn. The birth of Christ, the most monumental moment in history. It is. All time before the birth of Christ is listed as B.C., before Christ, and all time after is A.D. 
Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. God used Caesar Augustus, a pagan Roman emperor, to bring about this taxation so that the Christ would be born in Bethlehem as it was prophesied. Augustus, which wasn't his real name, but Augustus means holy, revered one. Savior of the world is what they called him back in that time. So you got a false savior of the world bringing about these events, God using him providentially to bring about these events so that the real savior of the world would be born in Bethlehem. A false savior of the world sitting on the throne with all of his riches and glory while the real savior of the world was born in complete obscurity in a stable. These are the very words of God. Stand and join us in singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Bye. 
household of Emmanuel, William Emmanuel Douglas. <laughs> he was not God with us, but he is now with God. Praise the Lord. Continuing the reading in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the text says they were terribly afraid. Um, they were terrified. In the original language, it's a word from which we get our word phobia. Ephobathus and phoban is where we get phobia. They were deathly afraid. Can you imagine? You're out in the field tending sheep. And by the way, most shepherds in those days, and even today, as many times as I've been to the Middle East, I've never seen a grown male shepherd. Now, ladies, let that sink in. Most shepherds are young girls. And they always take the little sister with them or the little brother with them because in the East, they lead their sheep, whereas here in the West, we drive our sheep from behind and as Jesus said in John 10, the voice of a stranger they won't follow. If something happens to the shepherd and there's no substitute with whom they're familiar, they have to kill the flock because they won't follow anybody else. So these shepherds are in the field. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone about them and they were terribly afraid. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news. That's the gospel of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you, and to read it just like the original text, Savior Christ Lord. Three massive titles. This will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. That's the word for God's army. Praising God and saying, it's an army that comes singing and not shooting. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men. And here's the part that we hate to say. In fact, the world has changed this part. 
peace among men among whom his favor rests or among with whom God is pleased. We don't say that, even though that's exactly what the text says. We find that to be offensive. He is The peace is not to everyone on earth. That's the way you normally hear it sung. That's normally the way you hear it quoted. That's not it at all. It's peace on those with whom God's favor rests. That's those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this announcement was to shepherds. It's interesting that God would make such an announcement to shepherds. Shepherds were on the lowest rung of the social ladder. Their testimonies were not accepted in a court of law. Uh, It was an honorable uh, profession, but they were the lowest on the social ladder. Interesting that Jesus came as a shepherd. John 10 and 11, he said, I'm the good shepherd. In Hebrews 13, 20, he called himself the great shepherd. And 1 Peter 5, 4 calls him the chief shepherd. So he's the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. But what difference, what possible difference would that make to you if you could not say with the psalmist in Psalm 23 that the Lord is my shepherd? God did not come to the elite, to the Sadducees who ran the temple, nor to the Pharisees who were the spiritual elite. He made the announcement to lowly shepherds. There's room for all of us. With him, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. These are the very words of God. Please stand and join us as we sing O, o Little Town of Bethlehem.
had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which, statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which they told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Now, I want to back up just a second um, to verse 11 that Jim had read and mention something there. <clears throat> There's something there in that, in that passage that sticks out to me. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's a very personal statement. It means each and every one of you. Christ can never be your Savior until He's your King, until He's the Lord of your life. That is a fact. That's what, that's what we are celebrating tomorrow, the birth of Christ. When the angels had departed and, and the shepherds, went to find the baby. I'm sure there were other babies born in Bethlehem that night, but there was only one that was laying in the manger. They went and found that baby, and they told him everything the shepherds had said. Everybody was in amazement, but Mary treasured all these things in her heart. She probably remembered what Gabriel had come down and told her about her giving birth to the Christ child. Now, the shepherds went away rejoicing, As we get cluttered with all of the junk and the ugliness of Christmas every year, year in and year out, why don't you just pause for a moment, think about this Savior that was born for you, and try to mimic those shepherds and go away rejoicing that God fulfills His promises, that He sent this Savior to earth for us to live and die for us, to pay for a debt that we can never pay. Praise the Lord. You would stand just as we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Skies with the angelic host. 
verses, Savior, Christ, Lord. The three titles. You know, there's this thought in Christianity today that you can get saved and later make Him Lord. That does not match the very words of God. Romans 10, 13 says, if you confess, confess. That word simply means to agree with God. To speak the same logic, literally, is what it means. If you confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there is no being saved without Him being Lord of your life. Those go together. This, probably 18, 16 to 18 inch child that was born on that cold Bethlehem night was the Lord of glory, the King of kings. And he was born to die. Our passage says that when Mary had Jesus, she wrapped him in cloths. Cloths, plural. That's a picture of a mummy. The Jews learned this in Egypt. They wrapped the baby with 18 inch bands of cloth, about one foot wide, wrapped tightly around the body. That's what they mean by swaddling. It wasn't the receiving blanket, ladies, that we're all used to. Okay. It was a picture of a mummy. This baby was born to die for you and me. And he took all of the punishment all of the hell that you as a Christian deserve, that I as a Christian deserve. God loves you so much he'd rather die than live without you. Indeed he did. <clears throat> Back in the 1800s, Russia is one of the largest land masses on earth was ruled by various tribes. And the tribe that had the wisest, strongest warrior ruled the longest or the largest area 
that had the best hunting and the best fishing, etc. And this tribe was the law, or the, the chief was the law of this tribe. And the chief had decreed that there would be no thieving, no stealing in the tribe. Well, as depraved demand often does, stealing, thievery broke out in the tribe. And the chief decreed that when the thief was caught, that person would receive ten lashes from the whipmaster. The incidences of stealing continued, and the chief upped the ante. He said, well, the new penalty for the thief when caught will be 20 lashes. That didn't stop it either. Now, 30 lashes was calculated to kill the strongest of men, and that was the penalty the third time he changed it. 30 lashes. And the, the thief didn't stop. So then he decreed that the thief when caught would receive 40 lashes, which was essentially the death penalty. Subsequently, a short time later, they caught the thief and it was his own, the chief's own elderly mother. And he had effect, sentenced her to die. The tribe was abuzz with wondering and speculating, what will he do? What will he do? Will he abandon justice in favor of his mercy and lose control of the tribe? Or will he uphold his justice and let his frail aging mother die under the whip? The morning came for the punishment to be issued, essentially the death sentence. And two warriors led his frail elderly mother out to the whipping post, tied her around the post, and then ripped the clothes from her back, exposing her back. The whipmaster, a towering, chiseled, granite, physical warrior, stood there and cracked the whip in the crypt's morning air. It was time for the punishment to, get, to begin. The chief comes out and sits on the throne wearing his royal robe. And the warrior snapped that whip again and drew back to deliver the first blow, which likely would have killed her. And the chief raised his hand to stop the action. And he stood up, removed his robe, strode slowly over to where his frail aging mother was tied to the whipping post, wrapped his arms around her, exposing that powerful muscular back, and said, let the punishment begin. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. He took our hell to give us his heaven. He took our pain to give us his joy. That baby born in a manger was not just some cute little child to tickle under the chin. That was the Savior of the world. Savior implies that there's a great problem. 
You don't need to be saved if there's no issue. Savior implies that there's a great problem, and there is. If you're sitting in this room this evening, and you have never repented. What is repentance? It's a U-turn. If you're going to York and you're headed north on 83, repentance is not simply knowing that you're going the wrong way. Repentance is not taking comfort in the fact that other folks are going the wrong way. You are repentant when you're looking for the next exit to turn around. So repentance... And then place all of your weight, all of your weight on the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to receive you. You normally hear people say, ask Christ to come into your heart. You won't find that in this book. No, beg him to receive you. Settle that matter with God. Because again, that baby was born to die And he'd rather die than live without you. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for our time. Thank you so much that we know it's the birth of our Savior was not December 25th. We search the Bible and we find easily that that's not the date. However, Lord, we take great comfort and great joy in the fact that Even the lost world stops for one day to acknowledge the birth of our Savior. No matter how corrupt that acknowledgement may be. And as believers, we should celebrate that and capitalize on that. Use that for your glory. Use that for the discussions that we need to have with family and friends that we pray that you'll rescue that you'll save and that we'll enjoy their fellowship for all eternity in heaven. We love you. We praise you. We magnify you. We hallow your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would stand as we uh, light the candles. Once they're lit, we'll uh, sing with us as we uh, start silent night.
Oh. 
You 